0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. And today, my returning guest is Iron Stash Randy Bryce. I absolutely adore Randy. And so we had a really productive conversation. I was fortunate enough to... Well, I tried to have this conversation before with someone who shall remain nameless, and it didn't go that well. It was okay, but whatever. Anyway, what I wanted to talk to Randy today about is how we can unify. The Democratic Party can unify with progressives and, you know, some of these never Trumpers like Steve Schmidt, who's become a Democrat. So uh, I wanted to talk to him and get his ideas about that. And and he's so genuine and such a good man. So I enjoyed my conversation with him. But I I told you that I like to, or at least I am trying to keep my intro shorter because I do now the Kimberly's After Party, which is kind of like an outro or little show On its own for listeners for patrons only, which I will explain in a minute. But I'm going to make this intro slightly longer today, just because I have a a, a tiny announcement that I talk about a little bit more in the Kimberly's after party. But I'm just I'm going to go with what I usually say, and then I'm going to stop myself when there's you'll see. So basically, the Start Me Up podcast is independent. It's supported by listeners and it's woman run. I do not have corporate backers now this is the place where I say I don't use advertisers okay that's going to change the show's going to get advertisers. I give you a little bit more details in Kimberly's after party i 'm not going to give you the details now, but soon enough I'm going to announce it and soon enough there will be ads in this show and as I said on Kimberly's after party a girl's got to make a living. <laughs> Other podcasters out there have advertisers so I've got to jump on this bandwagon, and I have been invited to join the specific group. Who's the group is awesome. So, FYI. Um, all right, so patrons are the ones who keep this show going, though, regardless of the advertisers. <laughs> if you enjoy today's show, please take a look at the About page. You can check out some of my past guests. I'm very excited because I'm going to be talking to at some point. We haven't booked a date yet, but his name is James Reynolds. He used to be the, uh, I used to work on Days of Our Lives as a police officer. He is the chief of, was the chief of police. I don't even know what he does now, but I'll find out when I talk to him. He and I had a really great rapport on the show. I was a cop. He was, you know, the chief of police. And he's so super freaking cool. I love him. And we just had a nice Twitter conversation the other day. So he's going to be on the show probably either later in the month or early February. It just depends on his work schedule. So anyway... Yeah, if you like the show, check out some of the past guests, as I said. Uh, they are A lot of them are listed on my About page. Um, but also, please consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount. Because, like, for instance, if you sign up for, say, $2 or $3 a month and you decide later you can upgrade, then you could just upgrade later. But you could still support the show in the meantime. And the way that I do it is I do two free shows on Monday and Wednesdays. And then I do two patrons-only shows with Steph Walton. And that might be changing, too, because she's looking for a job. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But anyway, right now, I do these patrons-only shows with Steph. And we do those twice a month. And then, of course, I do the Kimberly's After Party after every free show. So this is how it's going to work. If you're a patron for $4 or less, you get the two free shows and one patrons-only show with Steph Walton delivered to your email box. If you're a $5 subscriber or more, then you get everything that I do delivered to your email, email box. You get both of the free shows, you get the Kimberly's after parties, and you get both of the patrons only shows. So I think I've made myself clear enough. That's at patreon.com slash start me up. You can sign up, like I said, for any dollar amount. And you can always upgrade You can also make a one-time donation by checking checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email, which is attached to my PayPal, so you can use that. You can also find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. So just please stop by iTunes and go to Apple Podcasts. Become a subscriber because it's free. And then while you're there, also please give me a good review if you like the show and a rating. So, again, I always like to say you don't have to write a really long review. Just, hey, I really enjoy the show. That's good. But it helps me. So I appreciate it. And I'm I'm always appreciative of all my patrons. Thank you so much. I love and adore you and you know it. All right. So please now enjoy my wonderful conversation with Iron Stash Randy Bryce. Welcome back to the show, Randy.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: Every Every time I say your name, I think about the fact that, like, Randy was the 80s, popular hot boy's name (laughs) 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 you know because what brings what i think of is there was a movie called little darlings do you remember that movie I do, I do. It's oh, I do. God, one of my favorite movies in the whole wide world with Christy McNichol and uh, yeah. Tatum O'Neal and Matt Dillon, and he played Randy, and I was in love with Matt Dillon.
1: <laughs> I, I had a crush for, with uh, Christy McNichol. Yeah, so did my
0: boy. I think every boy in America did. Mm -hmm. she was cute i loved her and and she's a lesbian so she wouldn't care (laughs) i'm I'm sure she's flattered though (laughs) oh my god it's too bad that we scheduled the show today because there's like nothing to talk about (laughs) absolutely nothing yeah it's just been been it's so boring
1: all all weekend too and yeah nothing (laughs) going on the past week
0: um okay i obviously want to talk about current events but um one of the things that I want to get to a little later on is it's, it's you know, we've talked before. I'm a progressive. Mm-hmm. I, I like Elizabeth Warren. I like the things Bernie says. I like what AOC is pushing. And I'm on that side of the Democratic Party. But mm-hmm. there's also, you know, especially since Trump, now we've got a lot of prior conservatives, like, for instance, Steve Schmidt uh, coming over mm-hmm. to our side. And I feel like even though I can look at Lincoln project with a side eye I'm, I'm trusting them a little bit more for now because I did see you know they were helping with at least a helpful message with Democrats winning um, uh, Georgia. You know I mean I'm not hundred percent sold on them, but I'm grateful that right. they're supporting so at some a little later on I just I'm so I'm just putting this in your head. Um, I okay. want to talk about how the progressive faction of the Democratic Party can you know at least Make peace with some of these new, more conservative kind of Democrats because the goal is to win elections. And mm-hmm. you know, and i and, and I really appreciate your pragmatic approach to things because I know you're a very progressive person. and mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like you have a very strong voice and a strong platform, and that because you're a leader, And you're somebody that's influential. Your voice can have an impact on that particular thing. So, we'll just stuff that away, and we're going to talk about it in a minute. Um, Sounds good. But I want to get to the fact that first of all, I never thought, I never thought in a million years that we would, like, watch an insurrection in this country.
1: Oh my God! It it was it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, and having the president call call upon these people to do that after the fact saying, I love you. Um, you know, and this goes back to when he was talking to the proud boys, you know, stand Mm -hmm. down, Mm -hmm. um, and then trying to claim, I don't have anything to do with them. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and the more videos, the more evidence that comes out, the more disgusted Mm -hmm. I am by, you know, these are people, uh, I, I just can't, I can't believe we're, Basically, I can't believe that we're at where we are yeah, today I know. and that this one man um, has destroyed so much. And it's yeah. like ever since he took office, he's been trying to light everything and anything on fire that he can yeah. all around him. And and now he's, you know, dousing everything with gasoline, mm-hmm. everything that's left. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and
0: Michael Cohen basically told us this was going to happen.
1: Right. Right. I mean, um, we... yeah, and it's not—it it really isn't that big of a surprise. Right. Um, but to actually see it happen, yes. like you don't believe that anybody it's is this horrible of a person. Not just a horrible president. He's a horrible person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's, uh huh. Yeah. That's yeah. It's it's really hard to turn on the TV and see what's going on today. And, yeah. And now too, I just I just saw that they're talking about having some kind of plans in all fifty. You know, armed right. um, Armed events in all fifty states.
0: Yeah. And, and the, the odd thing is that they're like proudly tweeting and, and they're on whatever social media platform they can be on. And they're they're sharing the fact that they're going to be doing this. And then they're turning around and blaming it on Antifa. Right. <laughs> it's right. like you can't have it both ways. And it's so crazy because not only do we have to deal with like these these visuals because of what happened on January 6th when it happened we only had part of the story we saw some of it now more footage is coming out it's horrific it's unbelievable it that that the fact that you know Trump has installed people into the Pentagon who ignored calls for uh you know for for people to cut for uh what is it the uh what was I see? I, I'm like, my brain is fading right now, but I'll think of it in a minute. But basically law enforcement to come down and and stop this. And that law enforcement is part of it. Uh, that's right. uh, these right. the, 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 right. some of these people are right. taking selfies
1: and and hearing about, you know, flashing badges when they're coming in. Right. And it, just yesterday. Yesterday, too, I read an article. They were, you know, the Capitol Police were warned from New right. York. New yeah. York police department warned and now they're sending more people down for the inauguration too but this isn't something that we didn't know was going to happen yeah and, and then you turn around and look at donald trump when he wants to have a photo op look at the security yeah. that was in place for him to clear everybody yeah you know they, they must use up all their tear gas exactly um and rubber bullets that day yeah. so he could go hold a bible upside down <laughs> as opposed to um you know letting them overwhelm the the U.S. Capitol, while yeah. it's still in session. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, I, I mean, sh- chanting that they wanted to kill Mike Pence, that they were going after <sighs> Nancy Pelosi, um, it's it's surreal. I mean, it's like you said, in, in some ways it's not surprising, but it's absolutely shocking to witness this, because, you know, right. no matter what your background is, no matter what you experienced in your life, none of us have ever seen anything like this. And it's unfortunate that, you know, I mean, I'm grateful that, So many in the media and some, you know, uh, I'm going to talk about in a second the fact that uh, there are a bunch of, I know there's like Marriott and Bank of America are considering holding back. I know Marriott is saying we're not going to fund anybody who supported Mm -hmm. this, but I know there's other companies that are considering it. Uh, It's nice to see that right now, but it it, it feels like, okay, we've been, you know, I wasn't allowed to, to call anybody a fascist in 2018. Uh, because somebody higher up would be like, oh, no, 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 we can't use that language. We can't go that far. You know, we, it, it's, it's weird to me, because I remember being a social media influencer back in, say, 2013, 2014, you were not even allowed to mention the word Nazi on Facebook, or right. like if you had a public page, like a public political page, you, your page was either going to get dinged for it or go down. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's accepted, because of the behavior from the Republican Party. Now on social media, I still feel a little tiny bit of like hesitation before I write the word Nazi anywhere. Because I right. feel like I'm going to get kicked off. Same. Yeah. But it's Same. accepted now. Although what you cannot write on, on Facebook, is you, or what you can't do, is you cannot criticize white people. Because if you do which I have many times, I have been dinged for hate speech. And then just the other day, I have a political page that I post on. And I, I don't remember, and I forgot, I forgot the rule, don't, don't criticize white people. <laughs> and so uh, I can't remember, I think it was the Proud, I know what it was. The Proud Boys uh, didn't want, there, I guess there were Proud Girls, And the Proud Boys didn't like that. So I I used the word white, white misogynist or something like that. And I got this warning saying your page is about to be shut down. And they didn't tell me why. There was no reason. Like they gave me this one link that dated back to, I don't know, some other post I, I wrote in April And then I somehow I can't remember, but I I figured it out. I'm like, oh, that's why. Because I criticized because I think eventually I noticed that that post was missing. So now my page is at risk of just going away, which is nothing new. Facebook has taken my pages away before. But it's like the point, though, is that it's so bad that you are allowed to write Nazi and nobody's going to ding you for it. (laughs) And that's really
1: scary. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, and you see, like, now that I just saw the thing that they have, like, six million wasn't enough on their Right. You know, like
0: they have
1: yes. meaning those the, with the W.E. Yes. That's, that's what that stands for. And yeah. it's it's sickening. It, it, it is. really is sickening. Um, and it hasn't been, you know, the racism. Yeah, there's been systemic racism that's been ingrained in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen it as public yeah. in your face as I have these last four years.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's insane. I mean, absolutely, we've definitely um, been dealing with racism since the start of this country, but, you know, I mean, right, I always right. like to say that, you know, as I was a kid growing up, a Gen Xer, even though Reagan was president and I wasn't paying attention to what he was doing at the time, everything in, in pop culture led me to believe that we were a progressive society, that we were mm-hmm. for equality and that the color of your skin didn't matter. Not that you didn't notice it, but it's just that it didn't matter what color your skin was. Equality should be for all. If you're a male, if you're a female, or if you're black or Chinese or wherever you're from, it doesn't matter. This is America and we are a a country that, you know, I kind of figured that, you know, there would be certain discrimination or bigots and stuff like that. But, But what I figured was, legally speaking, like the, the laws would be there to protect anyone, uh, who might be treated unfairly. And I mean, I knew that at that point, like in the eighties, I understood that black people had it harder or immigrants had it harder, Mm -hmm. but I felt like we were on the road to fixing that. I felt like we were going to, you know, become this really progressive country. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, in some ways we've done it. But on, you know, Mm -hmm. like we've passed marriage equality. We had the first black male president and, you know, we've done and we've done we've, you know, Nancy Pelosi was the first woman speaker of the House. We've had Mm -hmm. some really amazing uh, progressive, I don't know, events happen. But then we also have dealt with people like Karl Rove, Dick Cheney, um, Newt Gingrich. And then we, you know, now we've got Trump and we're taking, and it's like you said, the damage that's been done is massive. Mm -hmm. It's massive. And it's going to take, God only knows what. And I mean, are we going to go, I mean, at this point, I'd be happy to go back to where we were and then start pushing for progress. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I, Mm -hmm. where we were needed fixing, but, but at this point it's like a freaking dream compared to what's going on now, especially with COVID out of control. Right. Because exactly. all these poor it, people it, have and to. And it's like,
1: it's like we just want to get as close to being normal again yeah. as we can. Yeah. Just, you know, where people aren't afraid to come out of their houses. And yes. Again, this is due to ineptitude on the Donald Trump administration.
0: Yeah. It's just insane. So now I guess Pelosi, I'm not sure, maybe you know this better than I do. When did Pelosi give Pence 24 hours to invoke the 25th?
1: Um, I thought it was uh, I the talk that I heard was that they were giving him until Sunday night to do it and then they were going to introduce the articles of impeachment on Monday okay um, I knew I know that they had them ready to go on Friday. I okay. saw like representative um, Omar had them had them written up they' were ready to go and I think you know just waiting for for everybody to be on the same page so right. I don't know if that has been um, held off or you know pushed ahead like given a deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, if they're you know just solidifying their vote totals right um, but yeah, i you know I, and and I'd rather I, I mean I'd like to see it done as soon as possible because yeah. you know I mean the guy still has he still has a nuclear code exactly he can still do who knows what mm-hmm. um, but still so that's I think there's urgency, but it you know again, it needs to be done right so that we don't look foolish by hurrying up and getting something done. Yeah. But I mean true. we've already we've already done it. We've, we've right. through this process before. <laughs> think it'd be easier a second time around.
0: Yeah, and I guess part of the uh impeach and I I must I heard part of it would be that he's not allowed to run for office ever again. Right. I mean I don't right. know if and he's I, gonna be able to, but just in case he is, I'd like to have that put in there. <laughs> well the
1: right. Right. And I think that's oh. Here That's it is. I, Wait a minute. I,
0: House, here it is. It's trending. House Democrats unveil article of impeachment against Trump. So does that mean that, the, okay, so they've unveiled it. Does that mean it's right. it's going?
1: It, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and now they'll just have to, we'll have to see when, like when they meet to do it. To do a vote. Um, and, then, which, and then I know it's going to take a while too right. before like it goes to the Senate, but still he'll be impeached a second time, which I think is the, that's right. the big story. Yes, and, You know, and, and I'd like nothing more than to, after everything he's done, I think he needs to look over his shoulder after he leaves <laughs> the White House for everything that he's done yeah. to to hurt this country. And I, you know, and that should be lack of... You know, like Secret Service. Yeah. Why, I, I feel sorry for those guys. I know. I really do. Especially him doing his victory lap, yeah. at, you know, around the hospital I know. Um, when he was he tested positive for it, making these guys sit in the same vehicle with him just mm-hmm. so he can, you know, pat his ego on the Yeah, back. with
0: no mask.
1: Right, right. Such an
0: asshole. Right. He's such a horrible human being. And I just can't even be- I just I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it, but I can't fucking believe that we're going through this. It's like, oh, my God, right. for real. Yeah. And, yeah, we need impeachment just, I think, for history's sake. Beca- but, mm-hmm. you know, what what's happening right now? Because there was that art. there's an article that came out in The Washington Post. Supporters of uh, Trump who stormed the Capitol. um to stop the ratification of Biden attempted a violent coup, multiple European security officials said, appeared to have had at least tactic support from some of the U.S. federal agencies responsible for securing the Capitol complex, which is really very scary because I don't know what that means for the incoming administration. With these people that, I mean, I, I obviously, the people who, put, who have been put in by Trump to the Pentagon should be removed immediately, mm-hmm. uh, right. anybody who's been put in by Trump needs to be removed, and then there was also the talk of his and you know and, uh, the these people that he's just appointed to positions as and not being voted in uh that something right. about right. them not okay. being able to invoke that he didn't something about i don't know if this is true that you know those appointees or whatever are not going to be able to invoke the 25th anyway. But I think that was up to Pence to do it. Am I correct? You'd have right. to get a For, vote.
1: To, to get it started, right. Yes, He's yes. the one okay. that has to, to bring it about into being. And then the secretaries. But that is, that is true, too. And that, that was a concern that I had when you started seeing, like, um, Betsy DeVos yeah. and, and Mitch McConnell's um, wife step down. It was like, yes. are they even going to have enough secretaries yeah. to be able to pull that off? Um,
0: they are so crooked and gross just so disgusting. And the, and the thing is, is that now, you know, I mean, my fear is obviously for Inauguration Day, whatever kind of, I think it should be held inside and mm-hmm. not, not so, so that both Biden and Harris are easy, ta- are easy targets. I mean, there was the Pope mobile, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he was behind a bulletproof, you know, uh, shield, Mm -hmm. But I think there's nothing wrong, especially with COVID raging. I think it would be just absolutely appropriate to hold that ceremony inside. They do it inside anyway after the public one. So just film that, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I don't know what they're going to do, but it's clearly they're planning to do something and there's, they're all pissed off now. And, you know, I mean, I've seen all kinds of angry parlor posts about you know trump betraying them but really it was a small group of people who felt betrayed it Mm -hmm. wasn't like it wasn't like the whole angry mob is is saying oh my god i think they're all still on his side so uh Mm -hmm. they they are so baked into this idea now that it's like it's not going to it i don't know what to expect on inauguration day and i don't think that you know, Joe Biden is a stupid guy and I don't think Kamala Harris is a stupid woman. I think they understand right. the threat that they're facing, but I don't know what they're going to choose. And I don't think this is the time to say, we're not going to cower because it's not about cowering. It's about being practical and understanding, right. you know, what the threats are and what the dangers are. And then you throw COVID in and it's like, it's an, to me, it's a no brainer.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they ran the whole, their entire campaign running for the presidential election dealing with COVID having virtual events or Mm -hmm. having, you know, like where you drive up in your car. Um, I think that's, I agree with you. That's, that's the smart way to do it. Let's get through. I mean, people haven't, a lot of people didn't even see their family for Christmas. So it's it's just, you know, a month later, let's do the right thing. Let's be safe, especially on the heels of, of this insurrection at our state Capitol. You know, that's where it's going to be held. It's going to be at the same place. And and yes, there, there is a fence around it now, but, um, determined people, I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we're talking pipe bombs, zip ties, all this stuff was involved and there was so much that you don't even hear about half of what, what took place, yeah. you know, with them, what, 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 what would they have done? What was their intent? Were they, you know, had they broken into, um, the chamber while it was in session, right? Who, you yeah. Know, and hearing they're they're looking for Pelosi and then having that um, the freshman that was just elected from Colorado, uh, the dark hair lady that. Did, oh, uh, yes. The I don't about, remember her I'm name. I'm going to take my Glock into the Capitol. Yes. Um, her pointing out, you know, Pelosi has left, you know, she's been taken out. So like kind of like broadcasting what's yeah. going on when you get that kind of help from the inside. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's, she was making her a target. coordination going on.
0: Yeah. She was basically making Pelosi a target. And right. she knew she was doing that. I mean, you can go back to what was it? I think it was 2011, 2012, when Sarah Palin was literally putting those targets on liberal mm-hmm. politicians, and then of course playing all like, "Oh no, no!" But that's what they do. That's what they're doing mm-hmm. right now, and it's right. really, really fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't it know. Is. Well, let me, you know, I mean, I, I want to say this, like we're, we're. this is going to be a terrible week and then we're in for a, a massive, huge cleanup. But thankfully, thankfully, uh, everything that's happened in the last four years caused Americans to turn everything blue. Now, we may right. not have a strong hold on the Senate. We may not have the strongest hold on the House, but it's all blue. And so we've got two years right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I keep seeing and I, you know down my Twitter feed, I'll see the, you know, in the past, there's, you know, the first coup attempt failed, but the second one took. And so we cannot assume that it's over. We have to fight really hard. And I want to go back to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, I mean, Steve Schmidt did that huge thread to AOC. I'm just going to give you my opinion on it. And then I just want you to talk about whatever you feel like, because I'm very interested in knowing your take on this. And then also just talking about how maybe we can get some of the more disgruntled Democrats or progressive Democrats to understand and accept. We're just, you know, because I feel like there's people like you and me who wanted you. You wanted Bernie. I wanted Bernie in 2016. I wanted Elizabeth Warren. I didn't get my way. I didn't get Mm -hmm. what I wanted, but I, but I feel like at this point after watching everything and, and talking to this woman who I absolutely adore in my grocery store. She's a black woman. She's probably about my age. I'm 52, and I think she might be a year or two younger than me. But she's from the start, said Joe Biden. And I kept arguing with her, and it was (coughs) even before it was before the primaries and she's like, no, 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 it's gotta be a white man, white man against the white man. It's gotta be the white man. And I would argue and disagree with her. And I'm like, no, no, it's gotta be this one. And, you know, or Kamala Harris or Elizabeth (laughs) Warren. And she's like, I love them both, but no, it's gotta be the white man. And then I, you know, I've, I've, I've listened, we always talk about politics. She's the sweetest woman and I love her so much. And so I've come to like, I I look at the, the positions she takes, because clearly she's a black woman. So she's coming from a point of view that I don't have. And, Mm. you know, I'm a, I'm a white woman with privilege. And I mean, she's not, I wouldn't consider her, um, you know, she's a hard work. She she works at the courthouse during the week. She works at the grocery store on the weekends. So she works seven days a week. Um, Mm. she is uh, always happy. She's always in a good mood. And we always have a really amazing conversation. And I feel like she was right about Joe Biden, even though he wasn't my first choice, second, third or fourth choice. um, I do believe he was the man for that moment. He was able to convince some of these never Trumpers to feel comfortable where I don't think they would have felt comfortable voting for Elizabeth Warren. And that makes me sad Or even Kamala Harris. It makes me sad to say that, but I feel like that's, you know, our country as a whole, that's what we have to consider. So Steve Schmidt, who wasn't even always my favorite guy. I mean, I always liked his words, and I still do. He was on Mm -hmm. my show, and I felt he was kind of condescending. (laughs) Uh, Not so much when he's on MSNBC, but when he was on my show. He was a little condescending and blamed Trump on Democrats, and I was taken back by that. But um, but I still support what he says in the overall picture, because right now he is on the side of democracy and and all of that. So he reaches out to AOC. I don't know if she's talked to him. If I were AOC, I don't know. Did you read that thread that he wrote?
1: No, not not in reference to her.
0: Well, I mean, he basically, you know, gave her all of the due credit she deserves. And if I were her, I would be like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) you know, because he made it very clear that she's extremely powerful. And Mm -hmm. it is my hope and belief that, you know, because I do not like Rick Wilson. I recognize the guy can be funny and he can be a smartass, and I will share certain content of his, even though he's been a fucking dick to me. And he has, um, you know, quote tweeted me and been sarcastic and he's been an asshole, but it's like, I really don't care about the personal digs. What I care about is the country. And so Mm -hmm. if somebody's got a message that I think is worth sharing, I'll share it. And I really don't care who they are unless there's just some horrible, like there's very few people, unless I've blocked you or whatever. So, you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. not to say that I love the Lincoln project guys, but I recognize right now that they are fighting for the same basic things that we're fighting for. I don't know what's going to happen moving forward, but I feel like this reaching out to AOC, if she can, if she accepts that and they talk and can come to some kind of like a truce or some kind of like a, um, an understanding that it would benefit all of us when it comes to election time, because her criticism I thought was merited right after it was announced that that Joe Biden won, he was the nominee. That's when she immediately started tweeting about how Lincoln Project got credit for what actual organizers of color did. And so I I agreed with the fact that even though I'm grateful for what the Lincoln Project was doing, really the reason why so many people came out to vote was that grassroots organizing, people like Stacey Abrams have much more to do with it and but then i think the lincoln project helped some of these trumper people or or republicans who didn't like trump and were torn i think the lincoln project people were like okay they've convinced me i'll vote maybe i'll vote for you know republicans down ticket but i'm going to vote for joe biden and so i'm just curious like how can we as a party with a huge huge massive coalition from all the way from like Steve Schmidt to AOC. What can we do moving forward? Where do you see this going? How can we all accept the fact that we're not going to get our way all of the time, but if we unify, we can win elections that keeps the fascists out?
1: Um, I, that's a great, um, that's a great topic to discuss. And I think part of it, goes back to like the DNC, the convention, mm-hmm. yeah. um, where it was like, we gave Republicans like like a Kasich mm-hmm. more time to speak than like real, you know, progressive leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I, I mean, I would love to see, um, on a national level, more outreach to unify progressives with yes. like, you know, the center, Mm-hmm. Um, more so after, especially after, after Biden got the nomination. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm dying. It was like, yep, there's no, there's no choice but to vote for Biden over Mm -hmm. Trump because Mm -hmm. he obviously he's the only chance we have at somebody listening to us um, to try to get things done. But I think, you know, that and place with importance too over just having turned everything blue. It's like now we have two years to prove to the American people that their vote was well placed, mm-hmm. we need to show them, especially during during a global pandemic, um, and there's so much to clean up mm-hmm. that you know we need to make sure that people feel like they were paid attention to it, and that yeah. includes um Republicans. I think one of the things I 'm looking forward to with Joe Biden as a president is that he's not going to try to vilify or try to hurt people that voted against him, yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like Donald Trump punished, was yeah. out to punish people that didn't like him. We're not going to see that from mm-hmm. from Joe Biden. And we wouldn't have seen that from anybody that would have won the Democratic nomination. Um, right. But, you know, and I do, I welcome any help to get rid of Donald Trump. But I think, you know, personally, I'm one to like, okay, where are they going to be? Where is this group going to be after this election? Yeah, are they going right. to be, you know, what? so it's like, yeah, let's work together, let's find ways to to create dialogue to stay in touch, because Mm -hmm. there's going to be once we get, you know, hopefully there's going to be a sane Republican Party again, Mm because I remember several years back, like, my dad used to be a Republican, and he wasn't it wasn't this these extreme views, you know, now that they have with this QAnon and all this other stuff going on on, um, but, you know, you could sit down and you could talk, and they were, like, you know, conservative they were more it was more about dollars and cents and not wanting mm-hmm. to spend a lot of money. And that was mm-hmm. okay. I get that. I mm-hmm. get that. And now it's to the point where there's like, we're nearly, you know, like a, a civil war mm-hmm. going on, at least, you know, virtually mm-hmm. there's one going on. And and one could argue too, with this recent insurrection at the yes. Capitol, that now it's, it's a lot more um, in your face. It's yes. a lot more dangerous. Um, so yeah, it's great to have Republican voices that can speak reason mm-hmm. to people that, you know, that have reason and, and did that don't believe they want to believe in something sane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I get the fact that not everybody is wants to vote Democratic line, whether it's, you know, like your religious beliefs, you mm-hmm. you believe um, like pro birth or, or mm-hmm. whatever your issue is. I get that. And and we should be able to. To argue things Mm -hmm. to to debate points Mm -hmm. um but do it peacefully like it's been done for so long Mm -hmm. yeah um so i I mean i welcome those voices and yeah obviously because you know where they're from you know they're republicans you know they're conservatives that you're going to disagree on a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um so but at least the with the you know the the, like the old school republicans i'll call them the ones that you could reason with Mm -hmm. Um, you didn't have to worry about them shooting you.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I mean, I welcome,
1: I welcome that kind of discourse Yeah, and I look forward to it and just, yeah, if we can work together on something great, let's do it because that's gonna, you know, the next time we walk into a room and we're coming from opposite sides of the aisle, we're like, Hey, we, we talked, we got through that thing before and and we know we can work together where we know we're going to have differences. Um, let's so let's work together where we can find things to work together on Mm -hmm. um but then again i mean before we're going to talk about like you know the democratic party welcoming in welcoming uh, republicans and i'm all for you know big the biggest tent we can get Mm -hmm. but let's unite our own people Mm -hmm. first people that feel within the progressive movement that feel like we're being ignored now and i think a lot of things can be done by the way that that uh, President-elect Biden picks his cabinet, the mm-hmm. people he picks for that. Um, it was great seeing a union guy, you know, Marty Wells, Department of Labor, mm-hmm. um, and Deb Holland for the, the Department of Interior. I don't think a better person could have been picked for for that job.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, but let's you know, and it's diverse too, which yes. is really great to see. So yeah. let's let's get. I want to see more people, more progressives welcomed in and, and yeah. felt like, yeah, you're a part of this party too. You helped us get here. And mm-hmm. I mean, the way that, you know, after, after Bernie, um, after Bernie suspended his campaign to, to go, you know, mm-hmm. and campaign again for, for the nominee, I think it, it's great mm-hmm. to see. It's like, let's, all the things are there to help us unify. We just have to pay attention and welcome the people in. Yeah, Um, And and then again, with the other side, too, because if if people can see, you know, in future elections, voters see that, yes, we were willing to work with, you know, we had Republicans getting rid of the craziness. And it's like, okay, so the Democrats aren't they aren't, you know, let's not vilify them the way that Donald Trump had us look at them, because the reality is the fact that we have a lot more in common um, than we do differences.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, I always like I go to somebody like Joe Manchin and he's only voted with Democrats 40 time, uh 40 percent of the time. But he's in West Virginia. He mm-hmm. has been reelected and reelected. I, I disagree with the idea of primarying him with someone more progressive or, or more liberal just because I think that there's the opportunity for him to lose. And then a Republican gets in there and that's 0% of the time. So on Mm -hmm. many of the important things, and I'm not going to say all, but many of the important things like healthcare, Manchin votes with the Democrats. Uh, he pisses Democrats off a lot of the time because Mm -hmm. he, you know, he does side with conservatives and Republicans, but again, he's answering to his constituents. He's not, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, and even though his votes affect me living in Maryland or when I lived in California, because, you know, he, his votes are national and, and and some of these laws are national laws. Um, He's got to answer to his constituents to get reelected if he wants Mm -hmm. to keep going. So I look at somebody like him and think, all right, well, you know, I mean, I, I feel like people like Bernie Sanders have done a pretty decent job of pushing the democratic party to the left and mm-hmm. I think that we have a long way to go. But one way I can easily describe it is like the Democratic Party really, really dropped the ball. And I understand why initially, but they really dropped the ball when it came to the Equal Rights Amendment. And, for, mm-hmm. you know, it, it really took a Donald Trump presidency to get those last three states after decades of just laying dormant and dead to get those last three states ratified. And then it, it took in Virginia, I never can remember the number, and I got to look it up one day, five to seven Republican men to vote for the e- ERA. And so what that showed me, and I've repeated this on my program many times, what that showed me is we can work together. There are right. common goals, and we not all Republicans are terrible. And, you know, I mean, I think there are a lot of Republicans right now who are feeling stuck. They don't know what to do. You know, they're they're not the Ted Cruz variety. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I'd argue with them on everything <laughs> or most everything, but <laughs> I think that they are true patriots who have a different perception of how life should be, whether it's, you know, they don't believe like for instance, my um somebody in my family is a, is a Republican. And so he and i were talking about the equal rights amendment before it finally passed in virginia earlier or early 2020 and and so he didn't see any reason for it to pass and because we're, we're not blood related but you know we're related through other people and and since it was a family situation it certainly didn't get heated or you know angry but we got very you know we were debating and mm-hmm. it just it was obvious that neither one of us was going to neither one of us was going to concede we were like okay this is how I feel this is how I feel but we debated it and we did it in a friendly way and it was funny mm-hmm. because the next day I saw him and he apologized to me and I said, you have nothing to apologize for because this is what you believe and you told me what you believed. I disagree with you and you disagree with me, but you were not, he was never rude to me. He, he know, it's like you said, he didn't shoot me. He didn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, it didn't, it wasn't this crazy So it's like, I, I totally agree with you that the Democrats do need to pay more attention to the Burke." progressive side. I think sometimes they take us a little bit a, a advantage because I think progressives are viewed a lot of the time as more extreme, extre- like mm-hmm. what I like to call the, the fringe left that are just ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just ridiculous. And all they want to do is attack both parties and they offer no solutions. They just, they use the same language over and over and they, they constantly attack. And I feel like we're never going to get anywhere if we do that. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. they refer to people like me as either somebody who has blind allegiance to the Democratic Party, which, no, uh, I have allegiance to what the best case scenario is for the country, you know, with what we're facing at that moment. Whoever mm-hmm. that is, that's what I'm going to go with because it's, you know, it, and, and like the word incremental is a dirty word. And, and it's like, in some cases, incremental is the only way it's going to get done. And I go back to the Joe Manchin thing because it's like we have to share this country with a lot of conservative people. There are a lot of conservative Democrats who I don't necessarily even get along with because I feel like they just don't get it. And it fucking drives mm-hmm. me nuts when I talk to them. And basically they're going to vote the same way I do. But I feel like, you know, but we have to share a home with them. And so it's like, you know, and then the Democratic Party, I think this particular election, aside from the amazing grassroots efforts that clearly succeeded, I think one of the biggest motivators to vote was Donald Trump. And we're not going to have that anymore. There's not going to be this big boogeyman to make everybody pissed off and riled up. You know, we're going to have boring Joe Biden who isn't going to be pissing everybody off every five seconds and freaking everybody out. And, you know, when it comes to voting in 2024, it very well may be a black woman. And the Democrats have to get their shit together (laughs) because if it's Kamala Harris, you know, it's going to be very difficult to convince racist sexist America to vote for her and but I think we can do it but it's like I I think that it's a combination of like what you're saying the that the democrat the DNC has to put somebody in there who understands how to reach out to our own to people who haven't voted before but that are, would lean democratic and then also to just you know find a truce or some kind of peace with uh if it's the Lincoln party people because I'm the, I, I say the same thing you do I'm going to watch what they do, you know, and I said that about AOC initially, and it wasn't that I was against her. I just was like, okay, I'm going to watch her for two years or I didn't decide how long. I didn't know the length of time, but it was like, I'm going to watch her and then I'm going to decide what to feel about her. And she just consistently impressed me. And I know that Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people out there, including Democrats who think that she's all for show. And it's like, well, like she hasn't done anything. And it's like, well, she's been in a Republican controlled Congress. There's only so much she can do and what she's been able to do, in my opinion, she's been extremely impressive.
1: But, you know, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And it's like and I think that give her some real legislative power and let's watch what this woman's going to do, because she's she blows my mind. (laughs) She's fantastic when it comes to swatting down assholes like Ted Cruz Just
1: fearless. She's just fearless. She's
0: really good at it, and
1: that's a we need that. We need so much more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, I mean, it's great to see, and just adding more progressive voices, you know. And like Katie Porter.
0: Katie Porter's another one. She's she's progressive in a different way. She's progressive in a way that's just so down to earth and matter of fact. She's a student of Elizabeth Warren. Whenever she brings Mm -hmm. out that whiteboard, it's like, oh, watch out. I love yes. her
1: <laughs> yeah, that's great. No I, I mean, we do have some amazing voices um right now, but yeah. and then again, you know, it's like we need to show if we want to win um, in two years, even yeah, we want to keep the Senate. we want to I mean because we did lose seats in the House, yes, we so did. people are are you know a little frustrated there, but mm-hmm. we need to we need to do things that are going to help people. Otherwise, they're going to lose interest. We're going to go back down to, you know, the people that we were like, look, this is the most important election of your mm-hmm. lifetime. It's, yeah. it's going to go back to they didn't listen to me. Nothing happened. Why do I keep voting? It's mm-hmm. like now we need to keep our gas, our foot on the gas pedal
0: yeah,
1: um, and show people that all this effort to get rid of this, this horrible person in the White House. Um, it's like, look, there was there was a reason why we, we, we needed your vote and Mm -hmm. we're going to show you why we're going to, we're going to make life better for you. We're going to make, you know, make it easier to keep a roof over your head, to pay your bills, to have a good paying job and, and to get medical care. Um, because you know, Donald Trump didn't care. He didn't even care about the people that supported him. (sighs) having these huge rallies where, you know, people are meeting in person. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to let's show everybody whether, you know, no matter who you voted for, whether you voted for a Democrat, whether you voted for a Republican or if you voted independent, mm-hmm. let's, let's show, you know, as Democrats, we have majority everywhere. Let's show this country that we really are about helping working people. And if we don't do it now, I think we're going to get our, our backsides handed to us in a couple of years.
0: I agree. And that's what really freaks me out. I mean, I hate going from, you know, five seconds of cheering, we won to, okay, now we're, you know, I mean, we've already, we've still got COVID hanging over our heads. At least, you know, we're in the tunnel and we can see the light, even though we're still kind of in the thick of the tunnel, it's still kind of dark where we are, but the light is there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, I'm grateful for that. And I know that once Biden gets in, the rollout will be much, will be smoother. And it's not even that it's been so horrible. There's been snags and snafus along the way. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of to be expected, uh, especially with Trump in charge, but with with anybody, because it's like this is this this vaccine came so quickly and it has to be distributed. And it's such a difficult job to do in the first place. So but I think it will run more. It'll be more smooth with Biden in and then it's Mm -hmm. just going to I mean, uh, we as Democrats, especially Democrats who have bigger platforms, I think we really have to encourage The participation, and I'm hoping that young people who have been through this, they've been through school shootings. They are dealing with ridiculous amounts of of college debt. They've now got COVID that they, you know, will have to remember for the rest of their lives and how Mm -hmm. this particular administration handled it. There are so many terrible things that I think young people might, and I hope, be motivated a little bit more than they have been in the past because it's just so easy to write everybody off as crooked and corrupt. And it's just easier to say that than to go vote and, Mm -hmm. you know, and to say, all right, well, we may not get our way this, this first time we vote and we may not get our way the second time we vote, but if we just keep voting and we keep adding to the voter pool that eventually we can make a difference. Because I, I think, you know, I mean, when you take a look at the amount of people, even in this election, even though this was a historic turnout, uh, there was still a huge part of the population that didn't vote. Right. <laughs> I don't understand those people. But I feel like, you know, we need to be reaching out to them all the time. And I think that if, 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 if Democrats who have, like I was saying, you know, influence and any kind of say, if we just keep pushing for this, if we just keep pushing to be engaged and to vote blue, because I understand, I understand the frustration with certain progressives that if you say vote blue no matter who, it, it basically means that you are kind of like blind allegiance to the party and you're not questioning. No, but what mm-hmm. we have to do is we have to be paying attention the day after the election and every day after that instead of just showing up at the last minute to vote. And everybody starts like Mm -hmm. the, unfortunately, the Green Party only comes out and starts, you know, having any kind of say in anything in a massive way um, at election time.
1: Right.
0: I don't hear from them during the rest of the, you know, in in between elections. I'm just, I mean, I don't follow them. So, I mean, they're not, but I mean, they haven't been able to catch on. And it's because Mm -hmm. I think part of my frustration, you know, I have frustration with, with conservative Democrats or conservatives, but my frustration with some, and I'm gonna always call them fringe, or even some typical progressives, is that they don't, they, A, they don't vote in every election, and they don't take it upon themselves to call their you know, legislator, legislators. Some do, but some don't. So it's like, I get your frustration, but we have to stay, we can't just come up every four years and start screaming. This is something we have to do every freaking day, whether it's putting pressure on elected officials on Twitter or writing them letters or calling them. Because if people in power don't feel the pressure, they're not going to do a damn thing.
1: Right. Right. Nothing. I mean, working people haven't been. We didn't get the eight hour workday by kindly asking. Yeah, I only work eight hours a day, please.
0: Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We have to let them know that we are, you know, we're, much bigger crowd than they are where there's a lot Mm -hmm. of us and we're paying them. you know, I mean, I heard this at the Capitol and I hated it, but they're like, we're paying you, we're paying you. But the truth is we do our taxes pay Mm -hmm. our elected officials and they work for us. And so Mm -hmm. we elect them to do this job. And if they don't, I mean, again, I go back to AOC, look, her constituency overwhelmingly reelected her. So Mm -hmm. they love what she's doing. And, you know, On the other hand, there are elected officials. Like, for instance, my podcast partner, Stephanie, was running for city council in Oakland. Now... Unfortunately, she had to deal with COVID. She was a first-time candidate. She had to do it during COVID. She's so energetic. She's so exciting and fun and infectious. She's got this infectious personality. And perhaps if we didn't have COVID going on, she might have had a better shot. But she was up against an incumbent male Democrat who was using misogynistic language when speaking about her. And he was basically just a dick. And, you know, and she lost that election. And, you know, she might have lost just because people have a tendency to fill in the the incumbent. Oh, okay, I'll just fill in this. You know, they don't know who they're voting mm-hmm. for. They see a D after their name and they assume. Well, not all Ds are the same. And and so it's like it, – I mean, I wish that somebody like Stacey Abrams would run the DNC, but I think that she's going to be running for governor in Georgia. But I want I, I would love to have somebody with her kind of energy, know-how, and understanding of things. You've got this woman who was cheated out of her seat in, right. in Georgia and turned it around to – what she did was phenomenal, but it's what the Democratic Party needs to do all the time. We need people like her to – make sure we're going in the right direction. And I mean, I think we did a pretty good job. I think it might have been better, um, but I'm going to take it, I'm going to celebrate what we have. And I just, my whole thing is that I want progressives, I want everybody on the spectrum in the Democratic Party to be able to come together at election time, even if we don't get our desires filled. You know, my desires weren't filled, you know, with in any election, really, you don't always get what you want. Um, We don't always, because we have to share this house. We have to share this home Mm -hmm. with a lot of people who feel very differently than we do. And so, unfortunately, that, that means we have to compromise, not our principles, but Maybe delay it or, or understand that it's just going to take some more work because this is, I mean, America is such a unique country and it's such a unique setup that we've been able to, for all these years, Kamala Harris said, democracy is not a given. It's something we have to fight for every day. And, and, and it's been proven now mm-hmm. with this madman. And so I feel very strongly that, I mean, I, I, I am 100%, 100% on board with the progressive agenda. But I recognize that it's not going to go down the way I want it to. And, you know, that said, there are people who are like, okay, well, there are centrist stems and they, they feel like, you know doing certain things is safer and where I, I'm all for bold, progressive agendas. Okay. Well, we got to find a way to get together and not beat each other up and tear each other apart when we have Russia working overtime and God only knows whatever, you know, because it's like a lot of attention has been on Russia because of what they've done. But, but now other countries could use their playbook, even the GOP. So it's like, I don't know, I don't know, at this point in the game, are you a Russian troll, are you a GOP troll, are you a Chinese troll, are you a whatever, I don't know, I mean, I I have no idea what kind of, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know who it could be, because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of countries, a lot of people who would like to see our country be torn down. And when I said Chinese, I don't mean I think our Chinese are our adversaries, but I'm just saying that overall, you never know what countries are looking, and, and what they're learning, what I mean you don't know. And right. so we are just kind of right now sitting out there vulnerable to this. And when we fall for it, like I fell for the Russian disinformation during 2016. And it was, you know, it's upsetting to learn that I fell for some of it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like, okay, well, now I understand it. I think a lot of us understand what went on. We need to not knee jerk. We need to not uh, like, allow ourselves to be sucked in to these posts that we see on social media, you know, because they're mm-hmm. damaging and they're not always true. And it's sometimes it's very difficult to differentiate what's true and what isn't. Especially, I can say that, you know, in 2016, certain reports I'd see about Hillary Clinton planted those seeds of doubt in my head. And mm-hmm. I was just like, hmm, hmm. And I look back and I, and, and all of that was bullshit. You know, right. it doesn't doesn't mean I think Hillary Clinton is like the best person in the world. But at the same time, I didn't give her the credit she deserved because I had all the because Russian disinformation was causing me to doubt her. And then it was mm-hmm. picked up by by certain progressives who who were so angry at her and they didn't want, you know, I mean, and like, for instance, my mother. It's funny because I think a lot of people loved Hillary Clinton while she was working. She'd always have really high uh, poll ratings when she was working and doing the job, but then when she 's a campaigner, um, you know of course we 've got a lot of the all the decades smears and all that, but there was a certain period like sh- some people felt she came off as entitled and as if she just automatically deserved it and i 'm not saying she did i 'm just saying there were certain people who felt that way, and I'm, my mother would talk about sometimes her her attitude and the way she came across and but again, my mom was also falling a little bit for this disinformation. And it's like now we can both look back and say, all right, regardless if she was your first choice and all that, uh, the amount of bullshit that, that was out there caused people to change their perceptions or it altered their perceptions. And I and, and so we can't afford that anymore. We just can't afford mm-hmm. it. And, you know, we're allowed to criticize our, you know, elected officials and uh, Absolutely think we should. I think we should criticize the press when they fail to mm-hmm. accurately, like with with certain choices of headlines, especially their misogyny or the both sides crap. I think we should be right. always be calling them out. Um, we should mm-hmm. call out Democratic, whether it's candidates or politicians for for whatever it is that they may be doing or not doing that is, is you know, they need to be working for the people, period. But it's Mm -hmm. like, then we, but we also have to be mindful about, like, I always come back to in an election season, you know, I, I look at AOC and what she said after Joe Biden was named the candidate, she did not do it three weeks before the election. She didn't Mm -hmm. criticize the fact that Lincoln project was getting all this praise while, you know, people of color on the ground doing really hard work were being ignored she she waited and that's what i think we need like sometimes you just got to put aside you know your beef so that we can win and then as soon as we win then let's go okay it's just like they do in football they go back and they look at the play And they figured out what they did right and they figured out what they did wrong. And the goal is not to point fingers per se, but to say, here's how we can improve next time. Mm -hmm. And that's all, that's what I want. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. um, I I mean, it'd be nice to just to look at like all the different races. There was, after this past election, when we lost a couple of house seats, it was like, there was like blame being pushed everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was like... I I don't think it's like one size fits all. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's look at the district. And I mean, it was great to see progressives that ran on um, very, you know, progressive ideals. They get reelected again. Yeah. And you know, then there were other tough districts and it's, I think what it comes down to is finding a message that people are going to resonate with Mm -hmm. for the things that, that, you know, Electing representatives that care about the people, yeah. and you're going to see that in how they interact. That they come back to you know after getting elected, are they coming back? Having town halls? Are they listening mm-hmm. to people? Mm-hmm. Um, being able to explain? I mean, even though I might disagree with somebody, I could explain why I have the position that I do and how I feel it's going to help them out. It's yeah. nothing. There's been nothing about you know like a, a donor or a, a group that would um, you know like contribute to me that i would sell out constituents to It was like look if you're if you want to this is how i'm running my campaign these are these are values that i have if you want to help me help me and Mm -hmm. let's do this together Mm -hmm. but don't give me don't give me some kind of support and expect me to change Mm -hmm. my message or my values because of that and i wish we had more you know more people that that ran for office like that. We had a lot of really good candidates that, that did make it through in 2020. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, running in a, you know, gerrymandered district. But I think we, you know, and that's one of the goals we need to work towards too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Stacey Abrams has done just such phenomenal job in Georgia, getting people Mm -hmm. to vote. um, And, uh, you know, another thing we need to do is is overturn Citizens United. Yes. And money is such a huge issue, too. And that's going to, you know, that'll take away the bribery in in politics. And it can help get representatives back to working for the people that elect them. You Mm -hmm. get that money out. And -hmm. and it it should be like one person equals one vote. Not, you know, one million dollars can change the mind of thousands of voters.
0: Mm -hmm. So are you ever going to run
1: again? Um, it's a, it's a possibility. I I mean, like this last cycle, I felt that because I was, I'm in a gerrymander district, um, that was drawn up for Paul Ryan. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to bang my head against the wall, um, and try to do that again, but I just want to do the most good where I can. So that's why we, you know, we were running with iron pack and helping some really good progressive candidates throughout the country, um, try to help them out. And uh, Reverend Warnock was one of them, which was Mm -hmm. great to see what happened in Georgia.
0: It really was amazing.
1: I'm Um, so grateful. I'm so grateful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it was like, I can do more good helping more people than just me trying to run. Because it was, you know, when I ran for Congress, it wasn't just about an election. It was part of, you know, my involvement with furthering a movement. Yeah. And just getting more people to feel like, yeah, I can. And, and I mean, that was one of the, that was something that um, was really great. When I talked to candidates this last cycle, um, where like people that were like, you know, you, you know, your race helped make me feel like I could win this. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And just like an, an everyday person mm-hmm. running for office, like Mondaire Jones mm-hmm. talking to him, we, you know, supported him too. And that's what we need. We need more people that feel the pains of, you know, just trying to survive, just trying to make it, to make those decisions. That's where you'll get somebody like a fearless person, like an AOC Mm -hmm. to come in. And it was like, look, I've lived this. Mm -hmm. I I know what it's like to have to struggle. um, And I'm running to help those people. Mm -hmm. And you can just tell the authenticity Mm -hmm. of, of a candidate as opposed to somebody that. You know like that that Senator Loeffler, who <sighs> he's just like an animatron like, yeah it was like <laughs> she's not here for anybody no. except for herself yeah. um so that's why I, I want to get more candidates like like that that yeah. you know more bartenders more construction workers more maybe you
0: should run the DNC <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would love, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. And I, and I do agree with you that uh, wherever you're going to have the most power is where I would like for you to be. But it would be wonderful to see you as an elected official. And, and I say that because I f- you're one of those people that you can feel the authenticity. You truly do fight for the people. You are one of us and you've been through stuff. And so you would not let go of your values because you got power. And, you know, I mean, I can understand that it would be that it can be tough, right? You know, you get, I mean, I was an actor, I was never famous, or I was never overly, you know, that successful, I had some success, but I was never like this hardcore working actor that was just making my living doing it. But I can imagine, especially the younger you are, when all of a sudden you get all this power and everybody's complimenting you and everybody's wanting a piece of you, uh, you could get kind of lost in your own, you know, your own power and you start believing your own bullshit. And I think sometimes that happens, but you're the kind of person that that's not going to happen because you have just, you've, you've had enough life experience to understand that it's not, it's, that you're not just going to fold, like you said, to a donor mm-hmm. or whatever. And so, I would love to see you run again. But, but I would, I would absolutely prefer that whatever position, you, wherever you have the most power, that's where I want to see you, because you are genuine and you do care. And we need more people like that in politics, no matter what their position is, just so that we can, you know, because we have to win elections. We're just Democrats have a very. It's unfortunate that things. Happened the way they did, especially with Trump, because whether it was certain Democrats, whether it was people in the media, or obviously Republicans who refused to accept the reality of who he was. You know, it's not a big surprise. Now they're finally using the word fascist fairly comfortably, but they, you know, we were all screaming fascist from the escalator, you know, what I mean? ride. Right. Right, you know, we're like, right. no, this guy is not good, and you know, we absolutely. Didn't, we knew he was going to be bad, but I think that he's I, in some ways I'm grateful worse things didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same mm-hmm. time, so many terrible things have happened. We can, we can use these terrible things as learning tools. We, you know he obviously pointed out what was not strong enough, uh, these, these they weren't rules or laws, but just tr- traditions and norms. Uh, were always upheld even by somebody like George Bush. So we, we took them for granted. and it, it seems now that we have to you know whether it 's a, a constitutional amendment or some kind of Supreme Court ruling or something, we have to, be, we have, to have certain rules in place so that somebody like Trump can 't come in and just start killing democracy as easily as he did. And unfortunately, with the help, Uh, of certain democrats because they were too afraid to use certain words or are we were we're too afraid to be bold it's like i don't know what they were afraid of the republican party was acting like lunatics before trump came along so when trump Mm -hmm. came along it just made them even more crazy and more emboldened and you know it should have this all should have happened with uh when when uh what was it the the both uh, or the very fine people on both sides, Charlottesville, well,
1: yeah. Charlottesville that's
0: when yeah. it should have happened. All the stuff right. that's happening now, as far as, you know, uh, now I think big companies like Marriott and Bank of America, they're saying we're not going to give people money who support the insurrection. That should have happened then. Right. <laughs> you know, but yeah. but OK, we're a little late, but I we need to remember this. We need to remember. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, yeah, or,
1: if, and I, mean, and I mean, just think, too, like if, if Twitter would have done something yes, to D- Trump's account, you know, way back when he yeah. was obviously breaking rules, too. Mm-hmm. And no, because he's the, the leader of a country, he was given preferential treatment, mm-hmm. which is just ridiculous. Yeah, it
0: is. I know Angela Merkel is kind of upset. I think she called it problematic that he was taken off. But it's like, I don't care who you are, if you're not obeying the rules of whatever platform you're on, not, th- they say no president is above the law. Why is he above the rules? I mean, of course, there are certain rules that, yes, a president could, but not when you're inciting violence, not when you're spreading dis-misinformation. Right. So I'm going right. to have to go ahead and disagree with uh, Angela Merkel on this one. <laughs> right, right. Um, But anyway, well, before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: No, I just, uh, um, it was just always great to talk with you. Well,
0: Um, I I love talking to you and you're such a, I don't want to belittle you, but you're so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) You have a sweet nature. You have a fighting nature, but I can hear coming from you like a sweet, gentle man. And I appreciate it. Yeah, we
1: just, there's, I mean, there's so many people that are hurting and I mean, yeah, there's, there's plenty of anger, but, um, you know, that's going to get safer once you step inside the ring. And yeah. um, just, you know, other than that, it's just helping as many people and just pass around a microphone. Anybody that has a platform and there's, you know, people that are hurting, whether it's a GoFundMe, you know, this the new healthcare system right. that was put in place under Trump, um, or whatever it is, people just need to feel like they're, like people care about them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just, it, it's so easy to do right now and it's so sometimes it seems so hard to find especially with everybody in, in lockdown
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah
1: and not having access to the family and that's just i
0: know that's,
1: that's all that's all it is it's just caring and just being really pissed off at, at what's going on and um you know saving the energy for for the fight once you get in the ring and, yeah and giving it how you got and you can <laughs> get knocked down get back up and, and just keep swinging yeah um, so it's a little bit of a rest period now, just waiting for, you know, let's get the inauguration, let's get Joe Biden in the White House, mm-hmm. Donald Trump dragged out if need be, <laughs> and then let's push for issues that are going to help people. And it's going to take, you know, a combination of working with elected representatives yeah. that are, that have been elected, as well as activism. It's got to be like an inside out um, combination to be able to get things done and i'm I'm looking forward to that i'm optimistic that we are going to do things and i'm very hopeful that it's going to be enough to keep a majority everywhere in two years
0: yes please please (laughs) well thank you thank you so much for uh for coming back i love talking to you why don't you tell everybody where they can find you
1: okay on twitter it's Iron stash, I-R-O-N-S-T-A-C-H-E. Um, and also, if you want to help working people get elected, our website is ironpack.org.
0: Awesome. Um, is that is that in your Twitter bio?
1: It is. Okay, good. It, um, yeah, it is. Okay, Iron so, Pack is on it.
0: So then what I'll do is, as I usually do, I will put your Twitter handle and that link into the description of the Patreon for the show. And then, of course, you can find me on Twitter at AuthorKimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget that extra E. Because my mom had to go make everything confusing. And then, of course, the same (laughs) same name, Kimberly Johnson, on Amazon. You can find my books, uh, Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion. But it's also about, like, first love and all that stuff. And then The Virgin Diaries and American Woman. Just take a look at what I have. And if you go over to Amazon and you're like, hey, I want to get her book. And if you read it and you like it, I ask that you give a review because authors need reviews. But anyway, uh, it was wonderful talking to you, Randy. Thank you so much. Take care and you stay
1: safe. Thank you. You do the same.